May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I grew up like a neglected weed. I grew up like a neglected weed, ignorant of liberty, having no experience of it. Harriet Tubman in the year 1856. In her experience as an enslaved person, Harriet Tubman had such little exposure to any sense of freedom that life was practically lived in a sense where even the desire from freedom was hidden from sight, that it was practically so far away from even any person's imagination. Most of us, I would imagine, have rarely lived in that kind of situation in our lives for very long. Now, we just finished Thanksgiving, where we've been taught since we were kids that we give thanks for everything, things yesterday, things today, and things to come tomorrow. And we go overboard with turkey and dressing and all the side dishes, and through all of the feasting, we are taught at all times to give thanks. But today our readings are calling us to wake up from sleep. Wake up from a Thanksgiving nap. Wake up, we're here, we're alive. Why do we need to wake up? Often the beginning of Advent at church makes us ask questions if the messages we hear during this season are relevant to us at all. Or on the opposite end, some of us hearing all this like end of days imagery in the readings, some of us might wonder if now's the time to worry about absolutely everything. So which is it? Apathy or anxiety? Often we couldn't say, we really don't know. Do we care? Our confusion about the Advent season might make us feel like we're grown up in the church, that we've grown up in the church like a neglected weed. We know little about what Advent means and we don't always connect with it. It's an idea somewhere out there, but it's not something that we feel that we can easily hold on to. So we forget about it, or we purposely ignore this call of Advent altogether to get away from feeling like a neglected weed. So maybe we need to start from the basics. Christianity is a religion that takes place in time and space. It is not purely philosophical. And so then Advent and the Advent season cannot be a purely philosophical experience. We claim as Christians that Jesus Christ himself entered the world, then died on a cross, then rose again, and we claim that this took place at a specific time and in a specific place, and that our history is very much wrapped up in God's history. Our story and God's story are one and the same. We have a shared history. And so because we're wrapped up in history together, we have a past. Some of our past is amazing. 
Some includes technological innovations, miraculous cures from diseases, scientific breakthroughs, the exploration of our world, the development of art and music and culture. Some of our history is truly beautiful. But there's much that's also filled with pain, economic exploitation, enslavement of other people, discrimination based on race, feasting upon abundance while other people starve, warfare, civil unrest, and even violent terrorist events like the ones we saw in the UK and in the Netherlands over the weekend. The world cannot be viewed through rose-colored glasses. Yes, there is much good, but there are many things in our world that are absolutely terrifying. Sometimes these terrors of the world occur because we search for our greatest desires and end up searching for things that we think are going to make our world great. Sometimes we search for our greatest hopes and dreams in the best ways to love and be loved. And we search and we search and we search but we seem to search sometimes in the wrong places and we get into ruts. We develop bad habits. We don't treat people ultimately like we would want them to treat us. We get selfish at times. We start imposing our will upon others instead of working to build them up. And this is why St. Paul is calling us to wake up from our sleep. The news of Advent is that God's salvation for us is nearer to us now than when we first entered this life of faith. The good news we hear today is that God is calling us into a life, into a life that begs us to reflect on the past, calling us into a life that sees the wrong of yesterday, a life that is analyzing the evil we have done and the evil done on our behalf and to shed those old ways, kind of like shedding old clothes, to shed those old ways and start building a better tomorrow, to take what we don't like about our personal lives, to take what doesn't work for us in our life and society, and to begin shedding those parts that don't do us any favors to instead focus on the building up of love, to tap into ourselves and see what our greatest desires for love and belonging actually are, to go way inside our very essence and to find that part of you that needs to wake up and to be in touch with your heart's greatest ultimate desire, your desire to connect and wake up God's divine love present in you. The 14th century mystic and nun, St. Catherine of Siena, wrote about this and said that it is only through our desires that we touch God because God is infinite and it is only our desires that are infinite. So if St. Catherine is to be believed, then our work for Advent, our real work of the heart this season, our highest calling at this time of year is to authenticate our innermost desires. Because in doing so, 
God's very presence will be there. But this sounds self-indulgent, doesn't it? Well, there could be a danger in that. But what Catherine implies is that we have soul work to do. We have to work on our hearts, not so we can get more religious, but instead so that we can grow in love. Rowan Williams, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, once said that the church is the only place where we learn from week to week how to grow in love. The church is the place that when we gather and when we pray together, our greatest desire is to grow together in the knowledge and love of God and of his son Jesus. Nowhere else cultivates love in this way. And so we recommit to starting this work now as Advent begins, to recommit to connecting with our ultimate desire and grow in love. But new commitments spring up all around us like weeds. And the more we pull out the weeds from our appointment books, for example, new weeds spring up. And there seems like there is no time to do this work. It seems like there's no time to actually discern what our innermost desire wants from us. It seems like time is our enemy. No one has to tell me that time is scarce right now, and I'm sure that no one has to tell you either. So what do we do? How do we wake up or stay awake and see this salvation of our God? How do we do this considering our hurting world needs a new presence of God's light and love right here and right now? But how do we do this? People take on all kinds of practices at this time of year trying to sharpen their inner life to determine what our real desire, our ultimate heart's desires are. We have this deep spiritual hunger and need to tap into knowing what God is actually doing here and now. We want our desires to line up with what marvelous things God is doing in the world, but we don't always know how to get from A to B. Author Mark Yours argues that we aren't expected to know everything but we are expected to do something. God is alive and working in our world, and our soul's innermost desires are to partner alongside that living God in what is being done, what is unfolding. And so we might be able to attempt we might be able to attempt to be as fully awake to the salvation and grace and love of God returning into our world. Advent reminds us that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and yes, Christ will come again. And in that great return of Jesus, when all the wrongs of the world will be made right, we might just be situated in a specific time and a specific place in our life's history, where we witness this. But before Jesus makes some kind of grand entrance back into the scene, his return might be very subtle. Very subtle. 
just like from someone maybe around the corner here who is hungry, or someone who's needing warm clothes, or someone who is sick and needs a visit, or someone who's in prison and needs an advocate. And on this World AIDS Day, December 1st, someone who needs access, affordable access to treatment, or who needs to hear about new treatments for prevention, or all of us who have a responsibility to keep alive the names of those who have died. Those encounters are the first signs of Jesus' return. And we know who we can be and what we are able to do to respond to those situations. We can be more ready in a real and concrete way than we realize. Every Sunday, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, we are asking for God to equip us with the tools to respond to the hurts of our city, to the hurts of our hearts, to the hurts of our families, for God to give us the strength to do what we can, and then to depend on God and one another to do the rest. That if we truly want to open our hearts and wake up to God's creation, if we want to keep awake to the actions of God's salvation around us, if we want to realize that God's salvation is nearer now than at any time before us, we absolutely can. And God will equip us to be healers in this hurting and broken world. The Advent message is that, yes, we can be a part of this. We can be a part of proclaiming the salvation of our God for the whole world and be part of uniting God's creation and repairing it back to that idyllic Garden of Eden paradise. But it starts by changing our frame of reference. Our spiritual lives cannot be neglected weeds. Our commitments to one another have to be substantive and valuable. They cannot be shallow. Our walk with God to take us up on strenuous hikes on high mountains and wading in troubled, unknown waters. And we have to trust where our good shepherd will eventually lead us to still waters, to a presence of goodness and mercy that follows us all the days of our lives. We have to stop looking at Advent like it's a neglected weed of the church and instead focusing on cultivating our innermost desires with God. Our faith, our Christian faith, takes pride in ordering our year to help us register the importance of everything that God has done for us. So in Advent, we can very well start by finding liberty in God's grace through prayer and reflection, but we can also see the preparatory work of Christ's next return into the world by feeding the hungry and visiting the sick and comforting the suffering and mending those things in the world that we know we can mend. 
so that we can begin taking the first steps of helping God create the new kingdom, the new paradise, the new liberation for all people everywhere. That's how we wake up. That's how we claim that the time is now. The salvation of our God is upon us. We are not neglected weeds. We are here. We are blessed. We are empowered and we are ready to go. So where do you begin?